y'all this is liberated love notes a podcast on living corporate network hosted by yours truly Brittany Janang, creator of liberated love notes critical self-reflections and affirmations for the culture y'all already know liberated love notes is your source for weekly doses of self-reflection affirmation and reimagining for us by us y'all i took a (laughs) i wonder if you noticed or not but took a break off last week found myself basking in black joy community all the things modeling that ease, <laughs> that ease that I, I speak about often and uh, didn't quite get around to recording. I'm glad to be back though and I'm hopeful that you miss me. I want to talk a little bit more about this um, affirmation and thought that has been on my heart and mind of late and uh, I'm actually going to jump right in. It goes a little something like this. Today, I affirm that our refusal is divine. I've been reflecting on that a lot. Our refusal is divine. Our refusal is divine. What do I mean by that? Very practically, um, our opting out of spaces and places that no longer serve us, y'all, <laughs> is divine. Our saying no to work that we are not being compensated fairly for is divine. Our prioritization of our bodies and well-being over unhealthy expectations grounded in toxic capitalism is divine y'all our using our pto (laughs) vacation fmla whatever you got six time unapologetically and guilt-free is divine the ways in which we you know choose to at the intrapersonal level um in incremental ways the ways that we incrementally choose to disrupt white supremacist patriarchal systems is divine and that's that's really what i want to affirm this week there's something at least for me there's something special about this juxtaposition of refusal and divinity divine that that really resonates with me like it, it really really hits i think about how refusal you know, in and of itself, at least on the surface, has like this negative feel or connotation, right? Refusal, you know, denying, uh, turning down, not accepting. Refusal, the act of expressing oneself as unwilling, right, to accept. It has like this negative hit to it on the surface. And yet I'm suggesting, (laughs) I'm suggesting that our refusal is of the utmost. (laughs) Our refusal is divine, sacred, spiritual, transcendent. 
my reflections around this were actually affirmed after much of the news surrounding if y'all were following Naomi Osaka, right? <laughs> Talk about refusal being divine. And so Naomi Osaka, for those of you, and I'm pretty sure most of you perhaps are fo were following the news, declared just a few weeks back that uh, she'd be prioritizing her mental well-being, mm -hmm, that she'd no longer be speaking with the press. Uh, she further shared that she wouldn't be um, participating in the French Open. And y'all, the, the powers that be <laughs> were all up in arms, right? This honoring of her body and soul and well-being, this disruption reflected on the scenario and its significance. And for me, you know, Naomi has really gifted us with possibility. Possibility of what it means to, and we, we talk about this often on here, unravel one's worth and sense of being, unraveling all of that from what we do, right, in our work. I also want to call out that when I um, use the word possibility, I've started to do so more intentionally of late. And this was actually, um, I was gifted with this new thinking, differentiating model from possibility from an author, an organizer, Marion Kamba. And uh, I've been thinking about how, you know, we oftentimes suggest someone is model, it feels a bit finite, right? Or suggests perfection. It, it suggests that, you know, that's the way to do it or be, you know what I mean? Sometimes leaning into to, to model can have us in this space where the individuals of whom we do model, we start to, to see them beyond approach, maybe even have unhealthy and unrealistic expectations. And so there's something about naming when I'm inspired um, by someone's behaviors or actions, naming it as possibility, something that is to be considered, something that is to be curious about, maybe not necessarily the end-all be-all, maybe not something that will work for everyone, but it's certainly possibility. So yeah, for me, y'all, Naomi Osaka and her declaration Y'all, her refusal offers possibility. Her refusal is divine. I also read recently of a chemist, y'all. And so black woman, a black woman chemist who was being recruited, as I understand it, by the University of North Carolina, the same institution that has refused uh, to give um, Nicole Hannah-Jones uh, Hannah tenure. Right after all, the white folks and conservatives pushed back around the 1619 project. They over there reconsidering her tenure. Well, this black chemist who was being recruited by the institution actually withdrew her candidacy. She pretty much said, "You know what, y'all not. If you all aren't going to grant Hannah Jones her tenure, then this is not an institution." that I want to be associated with. And when I read that, 
it got me thinking about this affirmation again. You know, her refusal being divine, right? The scenario gifts us with um, possibility from my perspective as to what it looks like to enact collective power and impact, y'all. And so she didn't even know, at least from my understanding, she doesn't even know personally Nicoana Jones, y'all. What she did know, though, <laughs> was that this was a Black woman being undermined and harmed by a white institution who was simultaneously trying to court her. Not only is her refusal divine, y'all, her refusal on behalf of the collective is divine, right? Our refusal is divine. Our refusal on behalf of the collective is divine. And uh, that's powerful. At least for me, that's powerful. And really um, wanting to emphasize divinity as a qualifier because, yeah, Sure, it is It is also resistance. Our refusal is resistance. And, and I think it's way deeper than that, right? I think about refusal being power. I think about refusal being, you know, this act of reclamation. I think about refusal being something that is in us, right? When I think about the work around remembering, refusal and access to that, it's resource. Interestingly enough, I came across looking the spirit of remembering, which I think is even, not even I think, y'all, is even more critical today, like this, this remembering stuff. Because quite frankly, if you follow in the news, white supremacy is really out in these streets running amok, trying to erase or like wipe our collective memory. And so there's like a whole nother imperative for remembering the the relearning and retelling of our stories that is so necessary, especially as black people. I actually heard a um I cannot remember who, but an elder say you can't be black in this world and not remember. Right? You end up being lost. You can't be black in this world and not remember you end up being lost. Anyways, the reason why divinity and divine also resonates with me in the context of refusal is because it is. It is in us. It is part of resource and what we have access to, who we are. And I came across a few weeks back a story that, to be honest, I, and not even a story, a, a piece of history that I had not been familiar with. And for me, it is uh, very beautiful and divine example of refusal. It is the story of the Igbo people, Igbo landing. Igbo landing is how it to, it was how rather it is referred. And so in short, <laughs> Igbo landing is the story of 75 Igbo captives who were being transported in 1803, being transported by sea. The Igbo people revolted by capsizing the ship and drowning themselves. 
It is told that they did so while singing an Igbo song that is translated to The water spirit brought us. The water spirit will take us home. I actually came across this story from an Igbo history and facts Twitter page and I've been thinking about it so much. Um, so I want to share, I actually want to share the story a little bit more in detail because it it resonated with me and I think it connects back to this, the divine nature, the divine nature and spirit of refusal. Uh, one of the, or as the story goes, and I'll actually read the one that I came across um, just some, some some background. Igbo Landing is a historic site at Dunbar Creek in St. Simons Island in Glen County, Georgia. Igbo Landing is known in history as one of the largest mass suicides, acts of resistance of enslaved or captive people. It took place when Igbo captives from now, what is known as Nigeria, were taken to the Georgia coast. In May of 1803, the Igbo and other West African captives arrived in Savannah, Georgia, on a slave ship. They were purchased for forced labor, were chained and packed under a deck of a coastal vessel, which would take them from Savannah, Georgia to St. Simon's Island. During that voyage, though, it is told that about 75 of the Igbo captives rose in rebellion, took control of the ship, drowned their captors, and in the process caused the grounding of the ship in Dunbar Creek. It is told that, and this is, uh, this is where it hit for me. It is told that they thereby accepted the protection of their God, Chiyuku. They thereby accepted the protection of their God and death over the alternative of enslavement. They thereby accepted the protection of their God and death over the alternative of enslavement. Their refusal, their refusal of those conditions, their refusal to be dehumanized, their refusal was divine, is divine. Their refusal was collective. Their refusal was divine. Something about knowing, believing, affirming that just feels timely. Feels timely and necessary. Our refusal to accept manipulative systems, our refusal to accept systems that do not serve the fullness of our humanity, our refusal is divine. 
even when folks may qualify our refusal as <laughs> like, you know, tripping or our refusal as unrealistic or our refusal, any, even if some may qualify our refusal as meaningless because the systems and structures are way bigger, our refusal remains divine. Even when folks suggest that perhaps our refusal is exclusive, particularly when we find ourselves allying or being allegiant to the collective, our community, our blackness. Nah, our refusal is, is divine. When we say, you know what? No, I'm not going to be engaging in this, this additional labor. That's divine. <laughs> When we say, nah, I'm not going to be joining all of these diversity committees when my work, my day-to-day -day work is not value, my humanity is not value, our refusal is divine. When we decide for ourselves that, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to participate in this diversity training, particularly because I, I, I don't know that I can watch my... Uh, White colleagues come into these aha moments while I experience re-traumatization. Nah, it's not wrong. Our refusal is divine. Our no to system and status quo, our refusal of practices and norms and narratives and requests that, that compromise our inherent humanity and worthiness is divine. Our recognition or our refusal of spaces or things that no longer serve us or that will not serve me or my people, our refusal of that is divine. Our refusal is divine. We don't owe, <laughs> and I'm, I'm speaking to folks, you know, those of y'all who, who may be in spaces, for the most part, predominantly white spaces, where you can't even just be, right? I want to affirm that you can, right? You deserve to just be. We don't owe white folks, our colleagues, these jacked up systems, sugar, honey, iced tea, y'all. Now, when we choose to extend grace and love and all the things that are inherent to us, that is our choice, be it as it may, but we don't owe and so our refusal to do the most, <laughs> our refusal is divine. Our refusal is divine. I want to affirm that, offer that to you as you kick off the week. You know, as you reflect on your own personal boundaries, avoid, avoid the hold of guilt, <laughs> right? Be unapologetic in your love of self, in your love of community, in your love of your blackness, and own, right? Own your nose. Own your nose. I promise you, our refusal is divine. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.